You already know what it is. We got Aaron Singerman and PJ Braun holding it down for you and yours. The best in bodybuilding. Iron Empire Radio. Check it. You fucking with an Iron Empire. Harder than shells from a piece when I fire. Harder than hell. Feel the heat through the wire. Peace and we're back, PJ. Uh, we've been gone a little while, and I'm excited to be back. What about you? <laughs> very excited to be back. Uh, you know, you're a very, very busy man these days, so uh, I'm on your schedule now while waiting to do the radio show. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. I, you know, um, between that and you know, I was in. Uh, we were we were flying and seeing Darielle's parents. Or we drove to see Darielle's parents for Passover. Flew to to see my parents. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I had a pretty severe dental surgery in which I sent you all kinds of disgusting pictures uh, to prove mm-hmm. how uh, horrible it was. And and my to this day, I'm still swollen in my and my jaw. My face is black and blue. Um, from where they cut me open, uh, what happened, PJ, was I broke off a tooth and the gum grew over it. So they had to actually cut open the gum, and uh, and they cut like they like literally cut it open, uh, and then drilled into the, to- the the well the remainder of the tooth and then yanked it out. And um, you know normally like you, they numb you up, so you're not really fe- I'm not feeling anything, but my my eyes are open. And when they, obviously when you get cut, you know, like that, and they like use the blower thing, there's like blood that flies everywhere. And you're seeing like the, you can see the, um, the scalpel and everything. And it, it, it totally freaked me out. I had to like close my eyes for the rest of it. Cause I realized that there's like blood splattering they, on me. What kind of uh, sedation did they give you? Zero. Zero. None? None. Why? They said all I needed was to be thoroughly numbed. They couldn't give you fucking, like, laughing gas or Didn't something? They don't have it. They don't have it. They don't have laughing gas? Dude, I, I can't complain. It's Darielle's uncle, and it's all for free. And th- what they did to me... Okay, so that was the first part of the procedure. How much would it have cost you if it wasn't for free? 20 grand for this. 20 grand? Yeah. <laughs> I would ra- I'd rather have rotten teeth than pay that much money to get my teeth. Well, I got, not- I got nothing. I got, you know, you- technically, <laughs> if I would have handled it earlier, I could have just got it pulled and would never have dealt with any of this, but... Um, they cut it open, pulled it out and everything. And then what they had to do is they had to actually, uh, do a bone graph because the bone, the jaw itself wasn't thick enough. And they had to like drill into it, kind of like break the jaw basically mm-hmm. to put in the other pieces of, uh, the graph. So the bone will grow thicker so that I can go back in and get the stitches out. And then and I guess in a few months I'll go back and they'll drill, a drill, uh, kind of like a bolt in there. And then, uh, not a bolt, like a, uh, a deal for the implant and they screw the implant on ta-da. It looks brand new. The thing is, the tooth is in the back of my mouth, so I you can't see it when I smile or anything like that. So it's like, um, you know, if it weren't for Darielle's uncle, I definitely would have just had it pulled out, and I would have dealt with missing a tooth for the rest of my life, probably. You're you're living a life these days. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I gotta say, I, I signed with uh, Envision Medical, HRT, mm-hmm. as the um, as the media director for them, and uh, it's a great great opportunity for me to work with a. Uh, HRT clinic, you know, obviously, um, I wouldn't want anything to get in the way of, uh, Iron Mag Labs, our title sponsor for the radio show and both of our sponsors and, uh, RX Muscle. So it worked out that this company doesn't uh, conflict with either of those in any way. So it gave me an opportunity to, uh, join forces with another group of people that, uh, have a product that I believe in, uh, and, uh, that are nice people. So just like, uh, Iron Mag Labs and RX Muscle. Um, like Gina and Rob, as you know, are great people who own Iron Mag Labs and their products are great. So it's, it's, it's a good, um, union and it's the same way with, uh, 
Sean and Kathleen over at Envision Medical. And just so our listeners know, uh, Aaron is affiliated with RX Muscle. I simply am on a radio show that happens to be hosted there. Yes. Interesting you make that distinction. Are you making that for all the people that are going to see you very shortly on your workout video on muscular development? That is correct. It's going to be, I hear this workout video is, as you like to say, epic. Yeah, I think this was probably my best one. uh, Ever? Perhaps perhaps my best video ever. I I like the way he edited it. So, um, like, we went at a really fast pace the way I trained. uh, But in between my sets, while I was like, you know, you know, changing weights or resting, uh, he would actually say like, okay, I'm going to ask you, you know, whatever. And it would be like, you know, why do you train like this? Or why do you diet the way you do? He's like, and then, you know, he's like, give me like a, a short, but, you know, uh, good explanation for why you do what you do. So it can be like instructional too, while you're doing it. So like, not only am I training hard and I felt that I was looking very good in the video, but I was able to explain a lot of, a lot of my theories uh, and, um, you know, a lot of the reasons why I do, I do things that I do with my clients. So uh, I think that, um, it will give uh, people, um, you know, rather than just seeing a guy, like it's cool to watch like, somebody, you know, lift a shit ton of weight. You know, I like to watch Ronnie Coleman deadlifting 800 pounds and stuff like that, but it's also cool to, uh, you know, get educated on why somebody does something the right way. And that's all, why I always liked Wayne Norton. Like, you know, he's not the biggest guy, you know, he's a natural bodybuilder. He looks good and all that. I, I always uh, learned a lot from the things that he did and put out there. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, for me, like, you know, perhaps I'm part of a smaller group of people that like to be educated in videos like that. Um, I, I personally would get more out of it. I mean, lifting for 17 years, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen people lift a, t- a ton of heavy-ass weight. I'd like to learn some more stuff now. So I tried to do that as much as I could, but still train a few times, and I think I accomplished that. Very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Now, you actually saw Jordan edit it? I didn't know that. Um, well, it's, it's not necessarily that I saw him editing it. Like, basically, he would he would stop in between the takes, and he would say, okay, I'm going to ask you this. They had oh, in other up. words, okay. In other words, you, you got a feel for what he was going to do at, with the yeah. product. Uh, he kind of like it ran, ran through it in the beginning, and I'm sure he's, he's used to not, I'm sure that like any MDO listeners that listen to this will get uh, pissed off at me, but um, I'm sure he was used to like most of the time dealing with bonehead bodybuilders that aren't, as you and I know, the most articulate. Right. So he probably perhaps, uh, well, I think he probably knows, you know, he's seen me do stuff with Alex Muscle and everything, so he knows I'm not a, a schmuck. Um, but he kind of explained in detail what he wanted to do before we did it. And I gave him feedback on what I thought we could do and kind of came up with like a good idea. Uh, and it, it went perfect. Like, you know, he would, be, he would, he would fire his answer out or his question out, and I would say my answer, and he was like, good, perfect, and then he'd be like, go, and I'd go into my next set. Um, you know, so there's, there wasn't a lot of, like, downtime and stuff. It was good. Good, good. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing the video, definitely. Um, we got a, a big, uh, I guess, kind of like my life story to tell, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, um, why don't you share, I guess you should tell the story of how this all came to be, where you got the letter and everything. Oh, so this is, this is, this is pretty funny. Um, you know, I get my share of, uh, you know, fan mail, um, from creepy weirdos on uh, Facebook and stuff. Um, but, uh, Amber gets some interesting fan mail as well. And, um, you know, she usually just ignores like the stuff that she was like bugging out over something this morning. And I was like, what? And she's like, dude, this, this email is so creepy. And she started reading it to me. And I was like, hold on, let me just read it myself. 
And the length of this thing is just ridiculous anyway. Um, what's funny is the, the guy's name is Marcus, and he's using uh, Marcus Schenkenberg, who's a, a male supermodel. Uh, perhaps not anymore, like maybe in the like, late 90s, early 2000s. I think he dated like freaking Pamela Anderson or something, you know? Uh, yeah, I remember him. He, using that guy's images, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and uh, I, I felt like this would be perfect for Iron Empire Radio for me to read the details of this, that this guy gets into. Uh, and I wanted to play a game with you to see how long you could actually take this before you want to blow your brains out. Uh, you, you already gave me a preview while I was eating, and I almost wanted to tell you to stop while, we were, while I was eating. <laughs> I skipped to the end because I had a feeling that we wouldn't get to that part, so that's why I specifically read that part. Uh-huh. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to read you, uh, our listeners, a piece of fan mail from Marcus to my girlfriend, Amber Day. Ahem. Hey, honey. Oh, and I'm going to read it in the way I feel that he would be saying it, by the way. Okay, good. Hey, honey. Hey, honey, I want to feel you sitting in my lap facing me, looking into my eyes with your hands on my face and your fingers running through my hair as you kiss me deeply and passionately for what seems like hours. Your lips on mine, my tongue finds yours, yours and mine dance together in pure ecstasy, tasting each other's love as my hands slowly undo your dress and unhook your bra. Taking your lovely mounds in my hands, feeling and cupping them, our kisses become deeper and we can feel the hunger for each other growing. You feel my hard cock becoming a hunger. This is, this is awesome. You feel my hard cock becoming harder under your dot, 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 wink sign. <laughs> now, just to pause for a minute, all the other effed up shit you're going to hear me say, I'm sorry, Isaac, he, he felt that it was better to put the wink sign for pussy right there. Uh, okay. <clears throat> As you moan like a woman needing a good heart fuck, I take your nipples in my mouth and I suck on them and love them one by one, sucking and sucking, like your hungry little baby boy. Even though you're not lactating, I imagine milk gushing into my mouth as I suck hungrily. I need your milk, honey. I need your milk. I pick you up with our kiss intact and take you to the bed. Tonight we'll make love like it's our last night on earth. I gently place you on the bed like... They were spring-loaded. Our legs flew apart, opening yourself to me completely as you scooted back to the center of the bed. In a heartbeat, I am all over you on my hands and knees, crawling in between your outstretched legs, my big, long cock impatiently bobbing up and down above your sweet womanhood. This is it, baby. You look into my eyes and say it, telling me that you're ovulating and telling me, come in, my love, make a baby inside my belly. Give me your child, our child. Our need and desire to procreate is so great, it hits me and makes me a cave-in. You frantically reach my big cock and bending it down toward your drooling cunt. I want to (laughs) finally fuck you and fuck you and give you my baby. Pushing the head of my cock down between the gorged lips of your cunt, you fit it in, opening of your juice slick into the vagina, and you say to me, push it in, baby. Push your big cock into my tight, wet pussy. Make a baby inside my pussy. <laughs> Babble, thrusting yourself against me and trying to get my cock inside your love hole. <laughs> Groaning, kissing hips, and sliding the entire cock down into the sucking hole between her widespread legs. Oh, baby, you're fucking me. You're fucking me. My pussy feels so good with your big, beautiful cock. Taking your legs into the air, wrapping your thighs around my waist, and locking your ankles together with every inch of my thick cock deeply buried to the hilt inside your fertile cunt. Are, are we coming towards? <laughs> are we coming towards the end? Yeah. <laughs> are you getting overwhelmed? It's, this is a lot to handle. This is too much. Too much imagery at one time. 
I'm feeling your cunt grabbing my cock like a glove, feeling every fold of your hot, wet cunt. Hmm, our bodies become one. Oh, God, my honey, I moan as my hips began to fly back and forth with wild abandon. My cock ravaged you as your clutching, sucking cunt cries for more. <laughs> you have never been fucked with such passion, such naked emotion. This was different. This was wildfire. A wildfire burning totally out of control, burning through our bodies and souls, leaving total devastation in its wakes as our bodies clash together. Take my dick. Take all my sperm, baby. <laughs> Me and my cock are now totally without conscience. My cock reamed your pussy. I was splattering your thick, sweet juices all over my thighs, mixing the sweat that was pouring off of me. And as your tits sloshed up and down, poking on my chest, coating it with your sweat, sweet as it dripped back down onto the, onto the floor, now we were both covered in sweat and wetness from the waist up, all the juices flowing from your pussy were also being churned into a mess down below. Our fluids are being exchanged. And then he put in parentheses, I'm so dirty, laugh out loud. I couldn't last much longer, you feverishly told yourself as your feet tensed and your muscles thrusted back at me, meeting my every savage downstroke with equally reckless upstroke and down. The loud we slap of our bodies fill our ears with my big, heavy balls, so full of sperm, slapping your ass with every stroke, your nails digging into my back as you grab my ass, feel my strength, going like a bull, my cock rubbing your G-spot and my cockhead nailing your cervix, reaching your deepest part to the gate of your womb. Then all of a sudden, your whole body shudders and you scream and moan and grunt as your pushy clenches around my cock like a vice grip making you come again and again and again, so much juice flowing out of your pussy from the side of my cock and collecting the puddle below us. My breath is now coming in gasping pants and frantically rocked back and forth over you. Fuck. I suddenly gasped out of my back arch, driving my cock down into your pussy as deep as it would go. Yes! You hiss out, thrusting yourself against me, grinding your pussy against my groin as it sucked on my cock, milking out my thick tongue. Then you feel it. My cock gave a mighty lurch and felt a thick, hot gush of sperm into your pussy. Oh, I was coming in you. I was giving you our baby. I was giving you our child. Suddenly you were drowning in a wash of pure ecstasy as our body spasmed and shook. The beast buried down inside the sheath of your cunt ticked and ticked as it spurted out what seemed like gallons and gallons of potent semen into a hungry, all-consuming pussy. Clenching your tight pussy down around my spewing giant, you sucked up my pearly load of cum as it poured onto your cunt like a river of sperm-filled semen. Staring up at me, <laughs> you saw pure love and lust in my eyes. Oh, God, oh, fuck, I gasped as it kept out pumping more and more common to you. I must have had gallons of thick cream stored inside my big dangling balls. But that was your last rational thought as your brain ceased to function, fried by the fiery passion sparkling through it. We didn't know how long it had lasted, but it seemed like hours. You felt my cock spine a little twitch as the last drops of my pearly semen trickled into your overflowing pussy. You realized that I have finally knocked you up, impregnant you with our beautiful baby. Then there's, a, there's a, actually a break and, and a final paragraph, right, that says, that's the dream or something like it that I have every night. Then I wake up and I make myself come. Looking at my cum shots, I imagine how it would feel when I was coming deep inside you, my little sexy. Love, your baby daddy and best friend, Marcus, XOXO. Well, I think that I let you go on for about three minutes too long. I, I am shocked that you, you fucking... Uh, Sorry, Isaac, and then you, you lasted for the whole thing. Well, you know, I, I figured it was coming to an end at any moment, and then and I didn't want to, like, be rude and be like, stop, PJ, stop. But, yeah, I, I think you started at, like, uh, around five minutes ago with that thing, six minutes ago. How many pages was that? It's, it's 
it's it's in her Facebook, but it's the longest Facebook message I've ever seen. Like, what do you think? Like, I want to know, like, this person, right? Like, do you think that in his head when he was writing that, like, he was getting all excited? He was like, "This is a masterpiece." <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna be mine after I send her this one. I gotta tell you, he was uh, he is a very good writer. You know, uh, I, I was <laughs> I was even though I didn't want to, I was picturing it all in my mind. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations for him for that. You know, but um, I, I can't imagine that he really believed that this would work on Amber. I wonder if he really wrote that himself or if he didn't take that out of like one of these uh, romance novels or something. That is what I told Amber. Um, like, I think he either took it out of a romance novel or, I mean, I haven't read a penthouse in a while. Um, but remember like, uh, in the old magazines, like the dirty magazines would have those, like, you know, little short stories, those sex stories in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if perhaps he stole it from there. Um, I wonder if he typed it all out or if he copied and pasted it somewhere. Uh, that's a lot of work. That's, that's a lot of work. Also, also, do you think that he um, he sent it to just Amber, or do you think that this went to a plethora of uh, of girls? You think like, he's um, like it's I, like the shotgun method? He just shoots it all. Uh, I think that he probably sent it to a lot of girls. Like he probably took a selection of girls that he thought were very hot online, and you know, sent it out to them. You know, like I I would be foolish to think that Leo the trouble seeker only seeks trouble with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'd seek trouble with me. I send him to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So <laughs> I'm sure Leo the trouble seeker is bothering her shit load of big bodybuilders. Every, every once in a while, he'll still hit me up. He'll be like, he'll be like, want to play? And I'll be like, I told you, go to PJ Braun. He's like, he'll never talk to me. And I'm like, yeah, I tell him, every time I tell him, you have to be persistent. And he's like, I uh, am I being persistent. He listens to our show because, uh, after we did the, um, you know, the question with the Brazilian businessman question, yeah. he, he, uh, he messaged me and said, how much would it cost for you to rub up this Brazilian businessman? <laughs> I actually sent him back LOL to that one. I usually just ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get anything that could possibly work on you. He'll, he'll try. Yeah. It's not going to happen, Leo. You're going to have to go seek some trouble elsewhere. Um, well, we have a we have a pretty uh, special and, and unique show lined up for tonight. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know, um, I had a, let me pull up the guy's name because I feel bad because he's been this guy's been requesting me to do this for a while. A lot of people have actually heard me tell portions of my story before um, on Heavy Muscle Radio. I did it one uh, parts of it on uh, the Heavy Muscle TV. Uh, I did some I did it in detail, not maybe not in a lot of detail, but detail with Carl at one point or another and off topic. You know, if you listen to Off Topic, you probably heard almost all of it, if not all of it, from from my perspective at least, um, on Off Topic throughout the hundred episodes. You know what I mean? You've probably heard a, a majority of it from me, but I'm sure there's pieces that I forgot or that I, that I missed. You know what I mean? Um, while telling it to you, but I think that my story, um, I would say, is unique and, and definitely worth telling. Don't you? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, I think that. Uh there's probably a very large portion of our listeners that actually don't know, uh, you know, like your roots and, and the darker part of your past, but I think will uh, make them actually uh, be, be a lot more fond of, of the show. Cause I think a lot of people probably think you're just like this funny, like, like Jew. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, they don't, they don't realize like uh, what you, uh, you, you kind of like, you're kind of like the Phoenix of Jews. Like you, you, uh, you rose from the ashes to become something special. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, PJ. Um, you know, that is, you know, it's funny when I first talked to Dave, um, 
not when I first talked to him, but like, I don't know, one of our, one of our first interactions once we had brought off topic, cause he didn't listen to off top, you know, Dave doesn't listen to any shows. So, um, he, uh, he like, I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was at in, in New York when I went to New York for the first time to go to like one of the bros versus pros. He's like, he said something about drugs and he's like, Aaron, you don't know anything about drugs. And I'm like, really? I was like, why do you say that? He's like, you're a Jewish kid. You're, you're a rich Jewish kid. You don't know anything about drugs. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, you're, you're wrong on that one, my friend. Um, so maybe it's, people it's, out there. It's funny, it's funny because people don't realize, like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to say rich because, you know, my family was definitely not freaking rich. But, like, you know, mid- middle class, upper middle class, like, suburban white kids. Like, when, when you're young, like, you do a lot of drugs because there's nothing else to do, you know? It's not like you're in a city and there's cool shit to do. So you're just like going around, you, you, you know, you do drugs with your friends. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. Well, my story is a little different than that, obviously. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that. Obviously. Yeah. I got to give credit first uh, to Vince Bertolini. He is the, the guy who listens to the show who has uh, suggested that I do this uh, several times. And I, I told him, you know, that it, I, we had to find the right time to do it. And I had to get in the right frame of mind. And uh, recently I was on uh uh, Craig's, I think you say Craig Subliquet, Subliquet, you're going to be on the show. I know you're going to do his show, uh, in the near future also, I believe, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, fit physique radio and I did his show and, uh, on the show, um, you know what? I'm going to play the clip from the show, PJ. I'll let everybody hear it and you'll hear it too. It's a very, it, it's a, it's a pretty special thing. He told me and it kind of reinforced, uh, the fact that I, that I did want to do it. Because uh, because of what he said. So let me play the clip, and we'll be back in just a moment. You know, one thing I like about you, Aaron, is you really open up on the air, and you really share your story and, you know, just your past relationships, you know, and where you came from. And I'll tell you, it really made a difference in my life. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, in particular, listening to, uh, you know, one of your stories, you know, talking about, you know, I can't actually remember exactly, but, you know, you're just getting out of that relationship, and, you know, you're kind of talking about, you know, your addiction. And, and I remember, you know, I was in the midst of my addiction and, uh, you know, I just messaged you on Facebook and I thought, ah, this guy's never going to ever mess you back. And man, you said a lot of really encouraging things and, um, you know, really inspired me to, to, um, to get myself clean, which I've been clean for two years. And, uh, you know, it's really awesome seeing you prosper. And then I see you go on to, to RX muscle and, uh, you know, just, just just a, a really great inspiration to me and uh i know a lot of other guys out there you probably helped out too and uh you know just really awesome to um to have you on the show and uh you know be able to talk to you um you know on on my radio show tell us a little bit about what it was like working with carl Lenore, because you know that guy's really an interesting character uh before i get to that craig i want to say i want to address what you said man it's very that that is so cool man there's really nothing that I get a kick out of more than, uh, you know, when somebody says that they listened to or read or whatever, something that I've done and, and that it affected their life. I mean, that's, it's something that, like, I'm sure you can, you can imagine yourself now and where you are now when you think back to when you were doing drugs. And when I was doing drugs, I was, at, at some point for that time, I was in an extremely desperate situation, you know, where life and death were just like I was at the brink of either one, you know. And, um, so to hear that I affected somebody else that way, and now you're doing this, it's just, you know, that's a, that's a tremendous compliment, and uh, it's, uh, it's, that's very, very meaningful. So uh, I want to thank you for telling me that and, and, uh, and for doing so well yourself. 
PJ, uh, you can probably um, imagine from hearing that, that 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 was uh, that was pretty special and that that made me want to tell my story again, because if it was able to help Craig and maybe other people, then um, and, and it's been a while. It's been maybe years. So if I could do that again for somebody else, that would be uh, that would be great. Yeah. And I, it's crazy because I remember the time when you had actually told me this, that story that he had reached out to you and told you that. And I thought, that's a pretty cool story. You know, I didn't really think, you know, we'll probably never hear anything of that ever again. And sure enough, that's the guy. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And and, and uh, you're going to be on the show at some point in the future, too. He wanted us both to come on another show of his. He has more than one show, one show called The Last Rep. He had Tad the Diet Coach on the week before. Uh, ah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how things work. Because um, if you were, remember, I know, I do remember actually telling you, his situation was pretty desperate also, and I know he was, like, not doing well. And, um, oh, Tad? Uh, Tad? No, 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 no. Craig, the guy who uh, hosts the show. Oh, uh, Craig, yeah, Craig. Oh, Tad. <laughs> Tad's doing fantastic. You don't have to worry about Tad. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, I thought Tad was doing awesome. <laughs> no, Tad's always doing great. Tad's, like, the most yeah. smiley, happy guy you ever met. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he, uh, he wrote me, you know, a, lot, a long, or several long, detailed messages and everything. Uh, Craig and I mean I, I wish I still had him. Unfortunately, on Facebook, eventually after years, sometimes the they delete messages. I looked to see if I could still find him. Maybe he's got him. Who knows? But uh, uh, I remember thinking about him and being like, "Man, I want to answer this guy as, as good as possible," because I could tell from the email that he was like in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so and he did seem very surprised to hear from me. So um, that's really, I mean, pretty pretty amazing. And, and now you can understand why. I'm more motivated to do this whole story thing again. Yeah, so now I understand that I have to be nice to this guy. I can't blow him off because he's obviously, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you definitely got to do a show now. <laughs> uh, I'll definitely do this one. I I, I, uh, I had every intent of doing his show, actually. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know where I should start off, PJ. Do you have an idea? Like, um, I don't know how far we're going to go. I do. I, 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 I do. I, I want to go back. Um, oh, 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 oh. You know, before we yeah. go, before, before you go. I have to let everybody know, and you know, we are, um, we, it's something a little special, this, this, uh, this show, we are actually having guests on, uh, from my, uh, past life. So we're going to have in parts, we're going to have my buddy Angel come on first. Uh, Angel, um, knew me from, uh, my time in Houston, Texas after the hurricane. And, uh, and afterwards we're going to have, uh, my buddy, Nick Christiana, who's also, uh, uh, was, he was, did drugs with me. He was as bad as he, the guy even lost most of his hearing from having a heroin overdose. Um, there, there's, uh, something that I want to uh, discuss. Um, what, what happened, uh, you know, we're going to make sure we talk about this part of the story. You, you, you told me something pretty, uh, tragic that happened to your girlfriend, uh, uh, back in, in, uh, after you guys had split up when you were, you know, you had straightened yourself out. Um, do you know what I'm uh, what I'm alluding to without giving yeah. away I want you to tell it? Yeah, you want me to start with that? Okay. No, no, I actually want to we'll, we'll go back a little farther. I just want to make sure that that's in your brain that you uh, make sure that was part of this, you know, something that you should tell cuz you know, that could have you could have ended up like that. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Um what I like what I what I really like to know is um let's do a little bit of history and let's talk about when you first not like when you first smoked weed for the first time something stupid like that. Like when you first started, you know, like getting into some hardcore stuff. Like how old were you? What were you? What were you doing? Um, uh, hardcore isn't like, uh, I guess, you know what? That's a good question. Um, I'll start with, uh, the first time I did, uh, an intravenous drug. How about that? 
Um, the first drug, interestingly enough, uh, it came from bodybuilding or the, uh, the pursuit of bodybuilding. When I was 17 years old, uh, I was receiving Dan Duchesne's Dirty Dieting newsletter. You're familiar with that? Okay. So, uh, I am familiar with it. I never saw it, though, but I remember, I remember guys talking about it. Yeah, so I would get those in the mail and everything. And um, one of them came in, and it talked all about Nubane. And uh, um, he was raving about it. He was saying that it was anti-catabolic, that it made cardio easier. Um, you know, it was like he was like raving about it. And, uh, and I knew it was an injectable drug. And I guess I've always kind of been interested in drugs, uh, whether it be enhancing your performance or altering your state of mind or whatever. It's like, it's always been something like like I've been interested in it for one reason or another. And, um, obviously because I was getting the dirty dying newsletter at 17, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I started kind of looking for it and at 17 in 1997, I was already on the internet and everything. And I started searching it out. But what ended up happening was I went to go visit a girl that um, I went on the I went on a trip when I was 16 to Israel called the birthright trip. And when you're a Jewish kid, you have the opportunity to go to Israel for free. And uh, I went for free for or for relative for very low cost. I mean, I might have cost my parents something. Um, so I went to uh, Israel and uh, one of the girls there I kind of liked. Right. So when I, um, mm-hmm. I got back, I wanted to visit her and she invited me to come out to San Diego to visit her. And uh, we went out to San Diego, or I went out to San Diego and visited her. And she ended up being a fucking total bitch. Sorry, Isaac. I hated her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a totally different girl than I was on the trip. Anyway, her friends were cool. And at the time, Tijuana was not the place that it is today. It's nowhere near as dangerous. So her friends uh, wanted to go to Tijuana, and she didn't. So I went with her friends to Tijuana. And uh, while we were there, the kids wanted to go drink at the, because there's no drinking age, obviously. So they wanted to go to the clubs and drink and get fucked up and stuff. Sorry, Isaac. But what I wanted to do was go to the pharmacies. And uh, so I, and I had prepared, by the way, the whole time. Like I had prepared that my plan was always to figure out a way to get to Tijuana, you know. That was your strategy. Yeah, that was the whole, um, that was almost as much of a reason to go to San Diego as it was to uh, see her. Because I had even like planned it out like that I could kind of escape for the day. And I figured where, how to get a bus to get the uh, bus across. You know, there's like trolleys. You can get a trolley to the red bus. The red bus brings you across into Tijuana. And so like I had figured it out in advance in case I couldn't get anybody to bring me and she didn't want to go. Um, so I went and these kids went all drinking and got all fucked up. I went from pharmacy to pharmacy and, um, I went and I, and I, I found Nubane and I was very excited and I found all kinds of other stuff. And, um, I realized in Tijuana that I hadn't thought through getting it back across the border. I was like, Oh shit. You know, like, and so I was at the pharmacy and the guy says to me, the pharmacist of all people says to me, Oh, you, you'll tape it. You'll tape it. I'm like, you tape it. And he's like, tape it to you. And I was like, you want to tape it to me? And, uh, cause I had bought, I had brought like 500 bucks and in Tijuana at the time, you get a bottle of Testarona 200 for $10. So you can wow. imagine, uh, you know, Sustan ready jacks were like $7. So you can imagine with $500, Nubane was $10. So you can imagine how much shit we're talking about here. Um, so I'm like, you're going to tape this to me. He's like, yeah, yes. Take off your shirt. And so we went to the back of the pharmacy and the pharmacist and his assistant started taping this shit to me. Like, you know, they were like, you know, like a project. So they're taping it to me and taping it to me. And finally I realized to myself, you know, this was not going to work out. Like it was just too much stuff. I was going to look like I had shit all taped to me basically. Um, so I told him, no, 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 no. I, I don't want it anymore. Give me my money back. I, you know, I figured I would just take my one bottle of Nubay and, and uh, some needles and go try this stuff out. And that would be it. The guy tells me, oh, no, 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 sir, sir. We have a donkey. I'm like, a donkey? 
a mule. He said a mule. Sorry, a mule. <laughs> a mule. And he's like, we have mule. And I'm like, a mule. I'm like, I don't need any fucking mule, man. Just give me the new bane and let me leave. He's like, no, a mule <laughs> bring a cross for you. A mule, mule bring a cross. Ten percent. <laughs> a mule, a mule transported. So he's like, a mule, bring it ten percent. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. I was like, I don't know. It sounds like a weird deal to me. He's like, hold on, hold on. He's like, I make phone calls. I'm sounding like a Chinese guy. I'm meaning to be a, a Mexican guy. And so he calls this guy in. <laughs> guy comes in. It's like his uh, younger brother in a baby. And he's, got like, he's got like a little baby backpack, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? His brother and a baby are going to bring my drugs across? And uh, I'm like, with, with, a, with a mule? I'm thinking, with a mule? And uh, the guy says, this is my brother, the mule. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, the mule. And so he shows me they get a big bag of pan, like pampers out, you know, like uh, the, the diapers. He says his brother lives in San Diego, and he works for him at the pharmacy. So he goes across back and forth all day long. Um, so it's like he knows the border guards. They just wave him through. So um, what they do is they open up a bag of Pampers and they stick all the drugs inside and then they reseal the Pampers with like a little like a kind of a heating machine. So it reseals the plastic and it looks like it's never been opened unless you inspect it closely. And the guy puts it in his car and he says, meet me across the border at 2.30 at this motel. And I was like, holy shit. So I went across the border and um, that is, uh, we ended up meeting. And uh, from that point on, that was where I could get my new band. This guy would go across wow. the border with it and mail it to me. So for ten dollars a bottle, I, uh, I would uh, I had a constant supply of Nubain from that point on, and uh, that was uh, the, <laughs> probably the beginning of the end in a way. You know, I, I remember a lot of my friends um, talking about uh, like my older bodybuilding friends talking about Nubain and like they would like do it before they worked out and have these amazing workouts and shit. But I was way too scared to mess with anything like that. I saw some dudes get pretty addicted to it. The truth of the matter is, compared to the stuff that I am doing later on in the story, Nubane is nothing. Because Nubane is a narcotic agonist antagonist. So it's not even really like, to, to give you an example, people know Vicodin. Everybody knows what a Vicodin is. Yeah. Vicodin mm-hmm. is much stronger uh, than Nubane. Really? Much stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay. I, I was not aware of that. And much more potentially addicting. It's also, you know, like like you're not going to feel, when you take Nubane, Everything might seem a little bit like funner if you have no uh, opiate tolerance, because if okay. you have an opiate tolerance or you're especially if you've been taking opiates and you take Nubain, which I found out at a later date because um, I got Nubain once I was addicted to pain medicine. And I thought, like, this would be great. You know, I could switch back to Nubain or something. Well, it'll actually put you into detox immediately, like full blown detox, because it will knock the uh, the opiates that are attached to the receptors right off and put you right mm-hmm. into detox. So it's that's what's the agonist antagonist so it's uh it actually puts you into detox anyway um it really is not that uh strong of a drug but you know you give bodybuilders anything like that and and you encourage them you're probably gonna have a problem yeah well okay so you are 17 here at this point right yeah that was 17 that was 17 and and you you know you're using the new vein and then what what progressed you uh off new vein into more intense stuff than that um the truth of the matter is, is that once you uh, inject a drug into your vein, then you kind mm-hmm. of open up a whole door. You know what I mean? You're opening, you're opening uh, Pandora's box. Yeah, I've heard that. It's kind of like once you go black, you never go back. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's totally the same thing, actually. 
Same, exactly the same. I, 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 a, I, I would, I would be way too scared to put anything in, in one of my veins. I'd push you out on that. It's like um, a penis. If your penis were going into a black vagina, you would be stuck. It's like the needle goes into you, your yeah. arm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, or in your case, a black penis goes into your butthole. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Okay. Um, so, so anyway, uh, it uh, that, that was probably like if me doing that allowed me mentally to do a lot of other things. You're still getting over the the black penis in your butthole. Yeah, <laughs> it was the thought of it. it was getting all like hot about it already. Made you giggle a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, no more, no more penis and butthole. Uh, I'll, 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 um, I'll, I'll refrain myself. Standing myself off here. Okay, so um, moving on. Let's let's see. How old are we now in this story? So you're 17. You progressed past the new vein. You're not afraid of. You're fearless as far as drugs now at this point. Well, what happened? What ended up happening was I got arrested, um, and that's a whole different story. I don't know if we want to go into all that, but I got arrested. Um, I kind I got set up basically for selling steroids uh, in a, in a pretty good uh, quantity, and um, I ended up getting a five years. I went to court. I got a great lawyer. My parents spent a lot of money, all my, basically my college money on, um, on a great lawyer, an awesome lawyer. Ralph Capitelli was his name. And uh, thanks mom and dad. Yeah. Thanks mom and dad. Um, Hey, we ended up working out. They could have spent that on college and I'd probably be working a, uh, a shitty job making like 40 grand a year, you know, very unhappy. So, uh, you know, it ended up, believe it or not, it ended up working. This is actually a good story and it's all bad right now, but it ends up okay. As people probably know. No, um, no, no, no disrespect to our listeners who make forty grand a year. By the way, no, no, exactly, no. I, no, no if, they don't want to find anybody over here. As long as you're happy, it doesn't matter if you make fifteen grand or twenty five or two hundred and twenty five. Yes, um, although fifteen grand is not going to get you too far. <laughs> if you got fifteen grand, you're, you're probably not too happy. I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so I got arrested, and getting arrested, uh, basically, I went to court, and the. Uh, it was a lot of felonies because it was so much steroids and so many different types of drugs. You know, they gave me a different felony offense for every different type of steroid, every different type of drug, you know? So, um, I ended up getting a five year suspended sentence, um, with the stipulation that I had to go to an intensive inpatient treatment center. Uh, and then after that, go to a halfway house. Uh, so this was, uh, not a pleasant experience. I went to a place called Palmetto addiction recovery, which will come up back in the story and just in just a few minutes because I ended up going back there again. Um, but when I went this time, I was uh, 18 years old. And this place is basically for uh, professionals um, like uh, doctors, lawyers. It's very heavily populated with doctors and lawyers. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a very expensive place. So you're not going to go there. I mean, it's $1,000 a day. What's expensive? What's expensive? $1,000 a day. So... A day? Yeah, thousand dollars a day. Um, so if you're there, 120, and days, 120 days is a normal stay. So you're what? Yeah. So like for example, if you're a doctor and um, you get caught, like we had a guy there we called uh, uh, Doctor Death because he um, would steal the Demerol and the pain medicine from his patients that were dying in hospice care. So they'd be <laughs> dying in pain, but he would be taking the medicine. They would, you know, people wouldn't realize they'd just be dying in pain. Um, so he would steal their medicine. Uh, and, uh, we had another guy, Demerol Dan, who was a, uh, uh, a farm, a, uh, a doctor's assistant. I forget what they call it. Um, and he was stealing the patient's Demerol and putting water in there anyway. But these guys, they're in trouble. They're going to lose their medical license. So they have to go to a place like this 
um, that's very highly respected, like the, the most highly respected so that they can present their uh, success, their graduation to the medical board to get their license back. Um, so if you're a doctor and you're going to lose your medical license forever, you're going to spend any kind of money you got to, to keep your license. I'm sure you can imagine. Hold on a minute. My, my mind is still blown here. So you spent $120,000 there? I didn't, but yeah, my, my folks did. Whoa, I never knew that part of the story. Yes, this is very expensive. Very expensive. Oh actually, actually, to be honest with you, my great-grandparents at the time uh, spent the money. They gave the money to my folks because uh, my folks wouldn't have been able to afford that. Uh, they spent the, the money like for me on the lawyer. My great-grandparents yeah. um, uh, were uh, very wealthy. So it was, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a tremendous amount of money to me but to, and to my parents. But to them, it was, you know, something they were willing to do for their great-grandson. Uh, anyway, um, man, but you'd, you'd rather you had that 120 grand now, huh? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I could, I wish I could take it back and get the money back. Uh, I think the insurance might've covered some of it. I don't I really don't know the specifics. They didn't, they didn't let me in on how much they were paying, but I know they paid a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. anyway, so, um, I went there and when I got out, I actually stayed, uh, clean and sober, like no drugs, no drinking, for uh, 18 months and uh, I moved to Baton Rouge and I was trying to get my shit together and I realized um, at, at, during that period of time I tried to date and like dating girls that was really the that was the biggest problem was dating girls being sober did not work in like a college town in Baton Rouge with LSU because girls feel, felt uncomfortable going out with you and like going and like going partying or going uh, on a date where they're drinking and you're not. And so like, I kept running into like problems with that because then you'd have to explain why don't you drink? And I'd be like, Oh, well, you know, you know, so, um, I ended up giving it another shot. And, uh, I guess, uh, years down the road, it didn't cause any problems for quite some time, but years down the road, uh, somebody recommended I go see this doctor that prescribed anything. This is in, uh, this is when I'm still in Baton Rouge, um, considerably mm-hmm. older. And, uh, and so basically I went to this doctor and I wanted steroids. I asked him for steroids. He prescribed me Anadrol, Anavar, everything you can imagine. Uh, he prescribed me. And mm-hmm. At the time I had medical insurance. So, um, all of those, believe it or not, were covered. Um, and like, I don't know if you realize this, but like Anavar from the pharmacy is like a thousand dollars for a prescription. Very expensive. Yeah. Very so, um, I was very, I was like thrilled. I got all these things, but I, he also offered me, he's like, do you have any back pain or anything? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And, uh, and he gave me Oxycontin. Uh, 20 milligram Oxycontins. And uh, that kind of got everything started. You know, I kept seeing him and uh, I kept, you know. What, was, what year was this? This was uh, 2001, 2021. Okay. And so he kept. Still very young. What's that? Yeah, very young. So he was giving them to me and um, I was taking them here and there and selling some of them and whatever. But um, the thing with Oxycontin uh, is that you do a little bit of it and, you know, that's okay. And, and, and it kind of creeps up on you. And before you know it, not too long after, I was uh, crushing things, these things up and, and shooting them up. And, uh, and I started with a little bit, you know, maybe 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams a day, up until the point where I was doing 180 milligrams were the biggest ones. So I was doing two of those, 160 milligrams, two or three times every day. And, uh, and that is considered a big habit. Those things go on the street. Uh, back then they would go for like $25. Now they're like a dollar a milligrams. It's like $160 a shot is what that would have costed these days. And, and that PJ is actually a, 
a pretty serious drug habit at that point. Um, because at that point I got to the, the, the actual point where if I wouldn't do it for a day or I wouldn't have it, I would get very ill. And, um, um, that is no, you fun. know, my, 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 uh, one of my best friends that I grew up with died from, uh, oxytocin, and, um, he was doing like a couple of, uh, eighties a day, like just to be normal. Yeah. Uh, and I got only, God only knows what he got up to, but it had become so expensive that he just started doing heroin because it was cheaper. That's exactly what uh, happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. And uh, he he actually eventually died. You know, we tried to help him. We got him into him into rehab a couple of times. But uh, I mean, uh, I I remember like when he would be off of it for a day or two, he would just be like a hermit in his room. I would go to his house, and he wouldn't come out of the dark in his room. And and he would say that he would think about killing himself. It's like that, it was so bad the way he felt that he that he would rather be dead than feel the way he was feeling. And um, I don't think his parents understood the severity of the problem that he had. Not to put this on his parents, but, um, you know, uh, we, we knew it was really, really bad. And, you know, he'd been in, in and out of rehab like three times. And then uh, one of our buddies actually found him uh, sitting up on the couch, just asleep. Uh, they, they, they said that he had asphyxiated in his sleep, but the, the, uh, the autopsy revealed that there was, uh, you know, lots of uh, Oxycontin and stuff in his system. Actually, not enough. To, uh, to actually overdose, but I think it was just, you know, uh, wear and tear on his body from what he was doing to himself. Absolutely. I mean, I should uh, say, PJ, that throughout this whole thing, my parents were very supportive of me. Uh, they didn't really understand what was going on. They didn't even know what was going on. They thought I was doing great because I was with a really, uh, at the time, they thought a really nice girl. She was a nice girl, um, uh, a girl I dated, Letitia, for three years, and we lived together. Very pretty girl. Looks like she had all her stuff together, and, and she did way more than me. You know, she was like keeping me afloat, basically. And uh, so it seemed on the outside that things were okay, but at that part, at that point in time, while me and uh, Letitia were still together, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering, Letitia is French. Um, um, in case you're imagining me, this big Jewish guy with like a little black girl or something. Uh, not that that's a problem, uh, you know. Uh, but um, anyway, she uh, she. Um, what was I saying? I got distracted by the black girl thing. Uh, black, girl, black, black girls will distract you. I, did. I was thinking of the penis of the, the black vagina thing. So <laughs> that's, what got, that's what got me. Um, <laughs> so uh, Letitia, um, when I was with her, things were like, she was like keeping things together. You know, she, I mean, I, you know, but when she left, we broke up, she left. She, she saw that like my, you know, understandably, she saw like where things were going. And she got out of there, which was probably the smartest thing she could do, you know. Uh, but my parents throughout the whole time, even when I got really bad, were extremely supportive as, as best as they could be. You know, they didn't like they would never give me money or anything like that. Uh, they wouldn't just give me cash, but they didn't let me starve. You know, they didn't let me like be out on the street. And there were definitely points where it could have been like that. Uh, um, let, PJ, you know, I want to what I want to do is I, we're going to go a little bit out of order. Because I, I promised yeah. I would get uh, Angel, my buddy Angel from Houston on. Houston is a different point in, uh, in my life. So we're kind of jumping ahead and we're going to have to jump back. But it, I think that it, the, what makes this story uh, will bring more character to it is to have people on the show that saw me in this kind of condition. You know? All right. Well, let's bring, let's bring Angel on then. And, and when, I, when I was seeing – I'll bring Angel on and I'll describe where I was in my life at that point. Okay. We got uh, Angel on the line uh, with me and PJ. Um I guess before we get going, I want to describe the uh, the place that I was at in my life when I met Angel. Uh, when we met Angel, I, I was um, 
I came and applied for a job. Can you describe like the the meeting where, how I, where we met and you know the circumstances? Sure, sure. I mean, we were. Uh, I was a fitness manager at a uh, at a country club in the River Oaks area in, in Houston, Texas, and uh, uh, that's when that's when uh, Aaron applied for a job to become a personal trainer there. And you know, I had to. I was the one in the responsibility to put him through the process to figure out if he was the right person to work in that environment. So, and you and, that, and you ended up hiring me. So, what, what what does that say about uh, about you? You should, you should never. Yeah, it's that. A, it, it, it does say a lot. You know, it doesn't say a lot at all. Uh, I, you know, it was one of those things that I just they they left it to be my call. You know, I mean, I I, I went more I went more by your your personality than than anything else. So I, I make really bad judgments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that. Um, what, what was my, con- I don't remember. So you have to remind me. I, I think I was pretty well, like I looked pretty like put together at the time. Right. I wasn't like a mess at that point. Yeah. I mean, you, you've, you've gone, you've gone up, down, up, down, up, down. Wow. When I, when I met you, you were still, I, you were, uh, you were still uh, pretty thick, but I think you were, you were kind of like in between. You know, I mean, you, I don't think you have been working out a lot, but you still had, you still had the shape and the frame to move forward with. Uh, so I, you know, you, you've gone high, you've gone low and that you were somewhere in the middle. Angel has, Angel has seen me, uh, PJ at like 180 pounds. And he's also seen me at like what, 200 and something, 260, 250. Well, I think you've, I think you've peaked at 280 before, haven't you? Yeah. When I was super fat. Yeah. You saw me when I was super fat. I, lo- I loved him when he was like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PJ, PJ always wants me to bring back the bear Jew. That's what he called. I missed the bear Jew. He was big. Uh, well, that, that's when you were in the two eighties plus. You were you were definitely you were definitely a pretty thick boy. I was a fat boy though. Like when I look back, I didn't think I was fat at the time. Like, I remember looking, thinking at myself, like, oh, you know, I'm not that fat. Or I, I just thought I was holding water, <laughs> like all like <laughs> just holding water. Totally yeah, you're, you're too you're too hard on yourself. You 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 stay surprisingly lean. Now, not know? then. Then I was force feeding. You know, you remember Amy Amy, the girl that I was with at the time, was like helping me uh, eat as much as possible. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about um, some of the bad times. Why don't you tell us um, about uh, some of the worst times you can remember? Yeah, I'm still waiting for the good times. <laughs> uh, well. You know, it, like, like you and I have discussed, you know, many times. Actually, you know, it, it's it was great that that we talked last night because it it threw our conversation and started jogging back a lot of the, you know, the little things, you know, uh, that that throughout the years, you know, we had you and I had had gone through the whole time. Uh, you, and you you remembered uh, a lot more than me, not surprisingly, because as you know, I was on drugs. <laughs> well, you know. You, you. I don't think you and I have discussed this part very much. You, you never really told me a whole lot about that section of your life. You know, I, I, I think you always kept me out of that and tried to stay as normal as possible when you and I would meet. But you, you never once told me, like, you know, exactly what you were on, when you were on it. I just, you know, I would come see you and we'd hang out and then, then I'd lose touch with you for a while. I'd call you. You would never answer the phone, you know, and a month or two later, you'd like reappear out of the nothing. Like if, like if no time had gone by 
and uh, you know, then we'd we'd pick back up again, and another couple months would go by, and you know, then we'd go from there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there were there were days that that we'd meet up, and and you were a regular Joe, kind of like you are now, and then there'd be days where you were kind of all over the place. You remember at the time I was? Did you know that I was on the methadone clinic at the time? No, you know, it was one of those things that. Later on, you started telling me a little bit more about it, and I don't know why you ever didn't a hundred percent confide in me and all that stuff. You just kind of—I think maybe you try to shade me out of, you know, protect me out of that lifestyle, which of course I I appreciate. But uh, but you you know, you and I always talked about the subjects that still keep us intact. You know, the the subjects that now make you who you are, which is, you know, uh, the fitness, the bodybuilding world, the, and everything that entails with that. I think what, what sometimes you forget is that you had an incredible amount of knowledge in that field, even before you really started picking up in the last, you know, four or five years, uh, you were always a fan of it and kept, kept in good knowledge of it. Yeah. Well, it was my, I knew that that was my passion the whole time. I just, I never really thought there was any way uh, for me to make money or have a living in it. You know what I mean? I never, I never considered anything other than being a actual bodybuilder, which um, I knew from very early on was not going to be a possible career move for me. Well, I, I remember like it it was around the time when you were still living in your, in your FEMA cockroach infested apartments. Hold on, hold on. Before we get there, let me let me describe this to people. Not the apartment, I'm gonna let you do that. But <laughs> yeah. I, because I because of um um because of Katrina, um people came to Houston, a lot of people, and FEMA gave apartments to people. My parents obviously didn't take advantage of this, but you know, I was certainly in no situation uh, not to take advantage of that. So I ended up staying in one of these apartments for like um I think almost two years, like a year and a half. Um, I took advantage of, I squeezed every ounce of that until I could, uh, until they made me leave basically. And, uh, and Angela had the, this was deep, uh, this was when I was, um, you know, addicted doing heroin and stuff like that. Of course, Angel didn't know that, but he came and saw the apartment at the time and in, in, in the condition that it was in and it wasn't pretty. No, you, you had to negotiate with the roaches every day just to get a bed. Uh, you know, actually come to think of it, I'm not sure you had a bed. I had just a mattress on the ground. There was no electricity uh, because I couldn't, I, you had to decide. You either buy heroin or you buy electricity. And if you're going to get like ridiculously sick, it's an easy choice, no electricity. So, uh, Do people know that you were basically living off of protein powder and water? Yeah. PJ, did you hear any of this stuff before? Have I ever told you any of this? So, so, so how, uh, what did you look like? You know, I mean, uh, it, like I said, Aaron always kept a pretty, you know, the, the upper body that you see and the frame that you see in Aaron was, was always there. He just, I mean, I don't think he had, you know, shaped it as much as, as he has it now, but he, he always retained a certain amount of size. I think probably because he was just drinking a lot of protein powders, you know? Yeah. It's funny when I would go to the hood, cause I literally went to the hood in Houston, like, um, can you describe, do you know the neighborhood that I would go to? Yellowstone? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the neighborhood and stuff like that, but not, nothing major. 
Yeah, that, that's where I would go. It was a very uh, dangerous neighborhood. I would go there and meet with uh, my man in red. That's the guy's name, Red, of course. And, uh, red? Red, Red. Uh, okay. His name, like Red, the color Red. Because uh, oh, okay, he was a black dude with kind of reddish hair. Um, that's what they, okay. called him. they called him Red. Um, but he would always say that I was the biggest heroin addict he ever seen. He'd be like, you're the biggest motherfucking heroin addict i ever seen. So you tell oh, that's because size-wise, not yeah. like biggest as far as worst. No, 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 no. Biggest, like, bit, like... The I largest was, heroin addict. Yeah, because I was still yeah, taking... You... I was still taking testosterone, and I was still working out a few times a week, and like Angel said, I survived. Did, did I mean, you ever uh, Did you ever use that to, like, muscle anybody out for stuff? No, dude, I was such a... You know you know me, I'm a man Give me that, heroin, give me that heroin, heroin or I'll smash no, you. I would never... That's one thing I can say about myself. Um, in a positive way about all this is that I never did anything to hurt anybody else. I mean, I hurt myself plenty and I probably hurt my parents quite a bit, but, um, I never, I never did any of the things that like a lot of uh, people in my situation did. And I mean, when Nick comes on later, he can tell you about that plenty of people he knew. And maybe Nick probably did some stuff that would be kind of considered questionable or maybe like dangerous, uh, um, I guess potentially damaging to other people. I never, I never damaged anybody else like that, or I never like, uh, I never did anything like that, but um, uh, if, I, if I was a bigger uh, heroin addict than everybody else, yeah, of course you. I would just 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 smash people all the time. Just <laughs> give me your heroin. Like, give me that heroin now and get the hell out of here. I got an interesting uh, <laughs> uh, red story you guys will like. So I was going to buy heroin one day, and um, <laughs> I pulled up in front of Red's house, and it's it's literally his house was an abandoned house that he was him and his girlfriend were squatting in to sell heroin. It was it was very nice. I'm sure you can imagine. Um, so I went to the house and I, I went and knocked on the door and nobody answered, knocked on the door, nobody answered. And of course I wanted my heroin. So I went on, I went on in. And uh, when I walked in, I could hear yelling out of the back. And so I walked through the house and I saw his girlfriend and him yelling and screaming at each other. And uh, she was holding a butcher knife and uh, they were yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling. Finally, Red decided it would be a good idea to punch her in the face. So <laughs> he punched her straight in the face. And uh, she kind of stumbled back. She was actually bigger. Red was about 5'5", 125. And his girlfriend was probably uh, 5'11", 185. Oh, brother. Yeah, so he punched her in the face. And she stumbled back, took a second, and then swung the butcher knife. And it lodged in his collarbone. And uh, just put it straight through his trap into his collarbone. uh, Buried it about four inches deep. And uh, and Red kind of... kind of moved back a little bit and like looked around. He saw that the thing was stuck in his, uh, in his bone basically and started trying to yank it out, but it was so deep in there that he couldn't. And there was blood starting to ooze out and everything like that. And, uh, he, he looked around, he saw me, he goes, motherfucker stab me. And I was like, Oh shit. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and, uh, and so the, they were, the girl was kind of surprised and he was very surprised. And I was like, Oh, I better leave. <laughs> I was like, that's when I leave. So I turned around, ran back to the car, and left left out of there. But that was a little a little story about uh, old Red. Um, oh, yeah. That was that's a nice story. Heartwarming, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a heartwarming tale. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, um, yeah, the apartment was uh, pretty bad. The FEMA apartment was about as bad as you can get. It was about as desperate a situation as you get. And that's why I said my parents provided me with the money for the protein powder. And the money for like the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and shit like that. Because the truth of the matter is, if I would, um, and they also paid for me to see the doctor to get the testosterone prescribed to me. So if I would have, um, 
been in charge of that money, I wouldn't have bought protein powder. I wouldn't have bought peanut butter and jelly, and I wouldn't have bought uh, testosterone or paid for the gym. So, uh, you know, they they definitely did a lot there. Well, you also had your 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 my what? Who paid for your cell phone at the time? My cell phone, of course. I, they paid for the cell phone as well. Yeah, I mean, I they, uh, you used to brag about how you could you know, watch the news and everything from your little Moto Q phone because you didn't, you didn't have a TV or anything, but you had full internet on your phone. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that was a big deal to me at the time. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and back then it was probably still, you know, in, in a way it kind of was a big deal. <laughs> I mean, most of the phones. You were a little, you were a little jealous of my phone. You can admit yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was, I, I was jealous. And then I went back to my nice town home in Sugar Land. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. Well, I was luxuriating on my uh, mattress on the ground with the rats running by me while I was watching my TV on my phone. Yeah, yeah, that was that was not the most uh, that was the most not the most wonderful of places. It wasn't Disneyland. No, no, it was it wasn't nice. Uh, can you imagine me living there, PJ? Uh, I can't imagine it actually. I I can't imagine living like that either. So it's uh, pretty freaky. And then you went to your other place. Yeah, I moved up in the world, didn't I? Yeah, you you moved up to a place that was, you know, probably it, it was better than the it was better than the FEMA apartment, mm-hmm. but not not much. <laughs> it was like you, I still remember going to come pick you up because you didn't have a car, right? No, and uh, <laughs> I I came to come pick you up, and I got out of the car, and a chicken and a chicken ran by. Yeah, a, a, a rooster. A, a rooster, yeah. What was the rooster doing there? Just hanging that out. Little piece of, for all I know, he with was all the rats. Trying to, uh, he was trying to score too. For all I know, <laughs> <laughs> this so, was, I mean, this I, was in a different place, PJ. There weren't rats in this place. I had moved up. I said, "Yeah, oh, yeah." Okay. I mean, uh, so I mean, it, remember, he still had everything on the ground, though. That I was mean, a tough time. That was a very tough time for me because I had to convince the drug dealers to bring the drugs to my house because I didn't have a car. So that took some mm-hmm. serious maneuvering. Well, I you know, to, he's good at sales. Yeah, I had to hustle. I had to hustle. I can actually remember, we talked about this last night, one of the most, uh, uh, I guess, kind of embarrassing things I'll remember is I had to, I was, I was going to be sick, or I was already sick, and Angel came over to hang out, and I had to ask him to borrow $20. He didn't know I was using that money to buy a bag of heroin, but uh, I had to ask him to borrow $20, and, and, I, and it was very difficult for me to do that. You know, now, now I'm going to borrow $20 for some heroin. What's that? You just wanted to borrow twenty dollars uh, for some heroin. I didn't say that to did him, you, though. What did you say no. that what that, that it was for? Uh, no, no. He he basically just hey, by the way, do you have twenty dollars I can borrow? And that was did no you know that it was for? Did you assume that it was for drugs? I I had no idea, no idea. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the the most I ever saw Aaron doing that I found you know not appealing to me was he used to smoke. Yeah, he used uh, to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. A pack a day, a pack or two a day. Ugh, gross. What kind? Marlboro Red. Uh, wow. Super sweet. <laughs> That's gross. So he'd, so he'd sit outside and he'd sit outside and talk to me. And, uh, you know, we'd talk about, you know, just shooting the shit. And he'd, he'd always be, you know, he'd always be smoking. So, uh, you know, no, I, I had no idea. I just thought, you know, he was down and out and, hey, I, you know, he just needed a little money. So I... I honestly did not think a single thing of it. That's how clueless I was uh, to the situation. I didn't uh, want to tell. And, I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to tell Angel about it because that wasn't Angel's scene at all. 
So it's not like he would have, I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't want him to like help me with it. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like I was looking for help at the time. Um, so, you know, like telling him about it, I didn't see how it would benefit me. And I didn't want, I certainly wouldn't have tried to convince him to do it with me. Uh, cause that would have been uh, bad for everybody. Not that he would have done it, but you know, um, so yeah, I just, I just felt like it was embarrassing. And what was the point? You know, what am I, why do I need to bring something that's not good into his life? That was, you know, certainly much, much, much better than mine. You know what I realized how the whole situation is. I don't think you've paid me back the $20 <laughs> and nor will you get it. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> now then that's, that's when you started talking about, uh, Hey, I met this little girl in Colleen, and, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to go out with her, you know, and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah, and with Amy. With Amy, yeah. yeah that's, Amy that's when Amy came into the picture, and she was, uh, she was just a very nice girl, very, very, uh, she was very good for you at that time. Yeah. Um, you probably, I don't, I don't think I, PJ, me and you didn't know each other at that time. Um. But, no, we didn't meet each other until about Arnold that year. Yeah. So um, me and Amy um, met, and uh, this was she came. She wasn't living in Colleen at the time at an army base, and uh, with her ex husband, she was living at his house. And so she moved uh, in with me after uh, a very pretty short period of time. And I have to give Amy a lot of credit because very short period of time. Yeah, very. Angel was probably concerned, but you know how much worse could it get? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, she moved in, and um, the truth is that she helped me a great deal because she helped me. I was on the methadone clinic. Keep in mind, I was on the methadone clinic the whole time. In case I couldn't get the heroin, um, I always could fall back on the methadone so I wouldn't get sick. That's very important because, you know, obviously you can't always get a drug dealer to come by your house every day, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so um, she helped me wean myself off of the methadone. It definitely would not have been okay with her to do heroin. Um, so mm-hmm. I didn't do that anymore. And she helped me, and she also helped me quit smoking cigarettes. So, you know, um, I don't know if I would be here today doing what I'm doing if Amy wouldn't have done all those things for me. Obviously, PJ, you know that relationship ended very badly with her cheating on me and all kinds of drama, her keeping the dog. Being a huge, being, being, being a huge douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, you know, I mean, she was, uh, she was uh, like, like I said, I mean, she was very good for you, but then later on she became very toxic for you. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, she was... Uh, my opinion is she was very addicted to being, you know, like needed. Yeah. Uh, and whenever she realized that she didn't, that you didn't need her anymore, you were on, you were definitely your own man, and were and were moving up, and frankly moving up in a way that she was no longer the center stage. I think it started. I think that's where it started going a little bit sour after that. Yeah, PJ, the first year that I was at the Arnold. Was Amy with me that year? I don't think so. Was she? No, you were not with her. You were not with her. I didn't think so. So by the time that time, I think I was already doing the radio show with Carl. I believe. I think. Yes, you were. You were. Uh, right. Right. Uh, I was already yep, doing the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the you started. You were with uh with the gentleman that you used to do a radio show before. Yeah, Carl. What was his yeah. name? Carl. Carl. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was uh that was when things started looking up for me and. Uh, and that was when, um, that, that was when, um, it really life changed. And, and this is the, I guess this is the, the, the key to the, the, the story is that, um, at some point with drugs, people listening, you have to make the decision to stop using them. 
you know, and that's, and that is really the key when you're addicted to drugs, the, the, the real decision. I mean, people say, I don't want to stop using drugs. Right. But you have to like internally totally know that you're not going to continue doing this. And for a lot of people, they always have in their, uh, in their mind, well, maybe I could do it again in the future at some point, or maybe I can do this or that, uh, you know, at some point, maybe it'd be okay for me to do a little sniff of cocaine or whatever. No big deal. But um, the truth of the matter is you can't think like that or you, that will happen much sooner than you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and the other thing, Aaron, is I think you, you started remembering things more. I mean, you were starting to have lapses of uh, things that were, were happening. You know, like one day wasn't really one day. It was more like three days. Yeah. yeah I but, remember that. but to you, it was one day. Yeah. You know, like, uh, well, there was a time that you borrowed my, my truck and I, I think, to you, you thought you brought it back in, in a very short amount of time and you were doing well. What what you didn't realize was that the truck was gone for a couple of days. You know, you had had it. And, uh, you know, even my, my wife was asking, hey, is your friend going to bring you back the truck? And, mm-hmm. and there's a certain point where I was saying, I I just don't know. I don't know if I'm, you know, going to see my truck again. And then you finally pull up and it was like like nothing had happened. You know, so, so your 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 version of what time was, I mean, to a regular person would have been one day to you. I mean, to two days, but to you, it was probably one day. Right. You're right. Uh, so and that, you know, that that's obviously something that was becoming very concerning after a while. Yeah, I was I was there was a few problems because I had bad sleep apnea. I was taking Xanax at night to sleep. I was doing heroin and methadone. And what was happening was I was like falling asleep standing up and I was having problems like uh, sleep. I was probably snoring really bad in sleep apnea because I was pretty heavy then. And uh, it was just all combining. And that could have been a recipe for disaster. That kind of thing. That might've been what happened to your buddy, PJ. If you take Xanax mm-hmm. and a depressant like that, like an opiate, sometimes you just stop breathing when you're sleeping and that's it. You just die. Yeah. That, that may very well have happened to him because I know that he was doing a little bit of a, cocaine here and there and I know that he would probably do like Xanax to come down from the cocaine so that wouldn't surprise me alright well Angel I want to thank you very much for coming on Angel is a is one of my best friends and uh, he is a long time friend maybe I have to think he may be my oldest friend at this point um, because he's known me as long as every anybody that I'm still in touch with and he's seen me at the wow. pretty lows yeah so wow. should I be impressed you should be impressed. Yes, you should be. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a, yeah, <laughs> an honor. I'm honored. <laughs> you, as you should be, as you should be. Not a lot of friends have been on my radio shows, any of them, other than well, I, yeah. Well, you know, you've always, you know, you've had, you've never lost touch. You know what I mean? You've never lost touch. And that's one thing that you've always been good at. You always take your round again and, and you make that phone call and, you know, we start we start talking again like we never missed a day. So uh, I'm I'm glad to have you in in my life too. Oh, thank you, Angel. That's sweet. (laughs) That's about as as nice as I'm going to get. So, you know, leave it there. All right. All right. Thank you, Angel. I appreciate you coming on. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. Take care. Well, PJ, I'm glad that we had a chance to have Angel on the show. Uh, He's a great friend. And uh, I hope people found that interesting. I think PJ, since it's been uh, the, sh- the story has gone on so long, and you know it's funny. Um, when I started telling it, and when I thought to do this, there are certain details I wanted to have in. And once I started telling it, you know, on the radio, I realized how long it was going. You know, both you and I realized that this has already went a while, and I'm not even. To be honest with you, it could be many, many hours because I have a lot of things that happened 
interesting in my life, either usually bad until relatively recently. But um, even if we just do a second half uh, of what we've done, the show is going to be uh, very long. So you had a good idea, and what is that idea? Okay, so here's what we're going to do, because this is a very interesting story, and there's a lot more to the story still, and we're not even into the actual really crazy, juicy stuff yet that I'm excited about, and that I know our listeners are going to be excited about too. So what we're going to do to hold everybody's attention and not make this too, too long of a show is we're going to break in half here. This is the conclusion of the Aaron Sigerman story. Part one is, is, is done. And on the next episode, we'll find out what happens when Aaron first gets into cocaine and uh, what happened to you after you did that and uh, or how you overcame all the obstacles that you get into. Yeah. Uh, but we are going to put that into the next episode and get into um, you know, our typical uh, Iron Empire Radio stuff now. The uh, you got that's for sure, PJ. The uh, the second part of the show. Uh, I hope people enjoyed this first part. The second part with the cocaine. Uh, that's when shit really gets crazy because anybody who knows uh, uh, cocaine knows it can it can make you pretty nuts. And uh, heroin is like a basically. I did heroin by myself. Um, you know, it was like uh, solitary, and um, I didn't do it with anybody. I didn't do anything particularly interesting other than uh, getting procuring the drugs. So next week, there's a lot of, there's death, there's there's some excitement. So next week, you got a lot to look forward to. In the meantime, like PJ said, we're going to go uh, do some shout-outs, and, um, and then we're going to come back and do some listener questions that you guys uh, put in for last week. There's actually a lot of good topics, so we'll do a little bit of that, split this thing up, and next week, uh, hopefully you guys like that. Shout-outs, PJ Braun. All right, shout-outs. Let me get back to my shout-outs here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now uh, having some t- technical difficulty with my computer. I, I uh, my computer is now frozen, but let's let's hope this. Uh... People don't realize that this show. You're not going to. Hopefully, you're not going to be able to uh, see, notice, hear the problems that we've had this show. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Like PJ is looking for the uh, shoutouts. We've had a lot of difficulties, and it is driving me insane. Because Skype just... As well, as well as me, because I wanted to be done a long time ago. I have food that I need to prepare. I have email that I need to answer. Um, and right, I, as right, time right, goes right. by, I'm getting more and more irritated as time goes by. Yeah. Well, we're going to answer some questions. You always like that. Um, so, um, you know, it's it's been tough because it, 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 the Skype will actually break the connection. So the recording stops. And every time it stops, it doesn't... I can't tell that it's broken until PJ... I can't hear PJ and Angel or PJ... And I'm keeping talking, and I'm wondering where they are, and then I realize. So what I'm going to have to go back and do to put this show together, I'm going to have to edit out all of those parts, try to make this sound seamless, and uh, you guys will have to let me know how I do because it's going to take a long time. Uh, I'm going to probably be pulling my hair out because it's already midnight here, and uh, we're only at the commercial break and the shout-out, so I'll, I'll probably kill myself by the end, but hopefully not, or else there'll be no next week in part two of the Aaron story. Yeah, that'll be no good. Uh and just to let everybody know how effed up this show has been so far, we actually already did the shout-outs. Yeah. And we decided to, we, we are re-editing it now. So I actually have done the shout-outs already, and I'm trying to do the shout-outs again now, and I now can't, because I'm having technical difficulties with my computer. And I, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do shout-outs. So everybody that I shout-out fucking every week, sorry, Isaac, shout-out to all you guys again. Uh, special shout-out to uh, Jessica Dunn who, uh, you know, our dating game uh, girl that we love, who has won uh, her past two shows, um, two weeks in a row, she's on a tear right now, and, uh, um, you know, she um, 
she uh, came on our show right before she got into her competing. And um, this is the first year that she's had success. So we believe that we had a lot to do with that. And she was nice enough to thank us uh, on her Facebook page. Yes, as she should, because I feel responsible for at least um, a majority of her success. Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I would say a, a, a humongous part of her sex. Uh, assuming, sex uh, or success. PJ. Sex. See what's on my mind when I talk about it. That's not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, has been uh, from being on our radio show and being a part of uh, PJ Warren Aaron Singerman. Um, you know, the sky the sky is the limit for her now that she got uh, mixed in with a couple of great guys like us. I think pro um, cars in the future. See, they, they, people don't realize the pull we have with IFEB. You know, you just have to be <laughs> around us. You don't even have to be. I don't even have to. We don't have to say. You know, you should give this person a pro card. It's just proximity. It just rubs off. The judges see you with us. They hear about it. They're like, she obviously needs to be a pro. They're like, they they know so many fucking pros. You know, when you know so many fucking pros, you've got to be a fucking pro. Well, you know, when when you're with so many fucking pros, you, you, let me tell you something. You're around my fucking presence. Excuse my language, but if you're in my fucking presence, you're in the presence of somebody that created so many fucking pros. You might as well be a fucking pro too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give her a gold chain. Everything I everything I touch turns to fucking gold. So many fucking pros. <laughs> um, actually, I'm gonna do the shoutouts for you, PJ, because I'm here looking at this. Dude, so I, my my thing, my Facebook thing is just so it won't do anything. It's completely frozen. Uh, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to do the little taskbar trick, and that won't work. Nothing's working. Garrett Elias, Assad Malik, Stacy Mitchell, Mitchell Gray, Adam Gilbert, Shane Royce, Rob Maz, Carson Lee, Benzanson, uh, of course Jessica Dunn, Jay Dizzle, uh, Tay Key. Thank you for pronouncing that for writing it out for me, or for for PJ in this case. Sean F. Rob, Anthony De Orazio, Orazio. Uh, Rob Holt, Ben Grangeda, Grangeda, or something. Uh, I think it's Grajeda. Grajeda, you're right. Uh, Keith Allen. Spanish. Grajeda. Grajeda. It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a Japanese guy, like a sushi guy, you know. Grajeda. Like, like, like a samurai. Grajeda. Grajeda. <laughs> I think I scared Darielle with that one. She said, "What?" Oh. <laughs> um, you're waking the baby. Yeah, the the baby in her belly. Um. Spencer, actually, interestingly enough, PJ, I find out the sex in five days. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's like, it makes me a little nervous, you know? Like, you're thrill, though. You, you, you originally, obviously, you just want to have a healthy baby, but you're kind of like leaning, like hoping for a girl a little bit, correct? You know, you know, I, I am, and I, and I still am, but I talked to, you know, Dan, I had a breakfast with Dan Solomon, me and uh, Darielle did, and he said um, that he wanted a boy, and he has a boy. And, um, and I, I told him I wanted a girl. And he said, well, what if you only have one and you have a girl? Then who will carry on the Singerman name? Because you only have a sister. Very true. You only have a Very sister. True. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, oh, good point. Not that whatever um, you want is going to have any bearing on what I have. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, everybody that I know that has boys and girls, I'm talking everybody, says that girls are way harder. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't my mom, know. my mom always says that. My sister's way harder. Everybody knows says boys are a lot easier. Um, and there's all there's always a chance. God for God forbid, but there's always a chance that your daughter could turn out slutty. No and way. We know no, that that is that that is the worst nightmare come true. Not have a slutty daughter. Not there's a lot of there's a lot of sluts out there, Aaron. So not I, possible. I will bring her up with the right kind of ethics. <laughs> I'll tell her what happens to slutty da- daughters. They, they 
<laughs> it's bad. Um, Omar, Omar Hurtada, Patrick Barnes, Muscle Mitch, uh, Mitch Barnum, Muscle Mitch. Big shout out to Muscle Mitch, the owner of OrbitNutrition.com. Go visit him for the lowest prices on supplements and use IER5 for 5% off. Um, Cody Kidd, who happens to be Jessica Kidd, our friend, Jessica's uh, Jenica Kidd's uh, cousin, who wrote me an email saying uh, that he's a big fan of the show and that we know Jenica. He actually said, I don't know if um, if he knew, if he, they have talked about us, Jenica and him have talked about us, but he actually brought up the video in which she played a part in me hitting you in the back with the Rice Krispie Treat. Jonathan Gomez, Greg Tuba, Mike the Gorilla Dunlap, Christopher Gustafsson, um, Richard Arlington, Mark Joseph Dom, Mark Ose, Joe Mister, Glenn Fletcher, Jess McCutcheon, Wesley Anderson, Jordan Coburn, Travis Glenn, Justin Davis, uh, Adam Bray, Michael C. Holly Jr., Benjamin Herring, Will Albatross, Albatross, Albert. He's an Albatross. Albatross. That's the Dave Flumbo voice. He's an albatross. He's an albatross. He's flying around like an albatross. Get some, get some footage of that albatross. <laughs> um, uh, Jeremy Olds. And that is it for the shout-outs, PJ. So let us go to commercial break. Come right back, and we'll answer some listener questions. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics, Methadrol Extreme, Super DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements. Orbit Nutrition carries over 1,000 of the hottest nutritional supplements, performance enhancers, and nutraceuticals on the planet. And now, Iron Empire Radio listeners get an additional 5% off their everyday low prices by using the coupon code IER5. That's IER and the number 5. Choose products like Quest Protein Bars, iForce, Iron Mag Labs, and more. Check out Orbit's daily deals for special insane blowout prices. Log on to Orbit's Nutrition Forum and get feedback on the products you're interested in. Check out OrbitsNutrition.com and use the discount code IER5. Tonight's show is brought to you by Ergopep Peptides. Ergopep is the only research company ran by guys like you. Guys who share your passion and have achieved the goals you strive for every time you step foot into the gym. IFBB Pro Phil Hernan and his staff want to make your peptide research as easy as possible and encourage you to contact them with any questions you may have or help you may need at sales at ergopep.com. That's sales at ergopep.com or on their website at www.ergopep.com. Let Ergopep help you get your research started today. PJ and I don't just suggest you contact Ergopep. We do our own research with them as well, ergopep.com. And now you can get 10% off by going to ergopep.com and entering the discount code Iron Empire Radio.
Welcome back to Iron Empire Radio, bringing us back for a change. First time ever, I believe. Uh, how do you think I just did? Welcome everybody back. Not too bad. I think you've I think you've done it before. You think that's the first time ever? I don't know. I certainly haven't done it in a while. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a little rusty in the, in the welcome back. I mean, I'm good. I'm not great. But I don't have a lot of practice. No, I know. Um, I remember the first time Carl told me to do that. I actually got nervous because I had never done it. <laughs> I really did. I was like, me? You want me? To do it? And he's like, yeah, do it, do it. I got nervous. How'd you do? I, I I feel like I did okay, but you never know. I mean, not yeah. as good as Carl. You brought, him, you, re- you, brought, you brought it back okay? I brought it back okay. He was proud of me. He's like, you brought it back real good. Good, good, good. I got I to tell you, I wasn't nervous at all. But uh, I, um, I would have been very surprised if you would have been nervous. No, I stare right in the, the face of fear, and I punch it. Omar, that's good. Um, Omar Hurtado wants to know, Dave, um, I'm calling you Dave now. Uh, this is because I do I do uh, ask ask Dave with Dave when I'll ask him questions. So this is very reminiscent of that, uh, but uh, a little bit different because um, these kind of questions we're not going to ask Dave. Um, in the middle of your cardio session, have you guys ever been on the stair stepper and needed to fart or needed to stop and take a shit or getting gassy in general in the gym? What do you do? Uh, I mean, it's, I should, I should ask, and hey, I should, PJ. I should seriously take one of these questions. And just throw it into the Ask Dave. Dave would be like, oh, that is a stupid question. That's stupid. Of course I fart. What do you think? I just let it go. Who cares? I'm all about detoxing straight through my butthole. <laughs> they should enjoy it. It's healthy farts. Uh, my, my, my farts are probably the healthiest farts that anybody would ever be around anyway. All right. Um, highly, highly, highly nutritious. So what would you do? Do you just let them loose or what? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I do my cardio in the morning on an empty stomach, so... Uh, usually I, I shit before I do my cardio, but it has happened where I've had to shit, you know, mid-cardio. And, I mean, as long as it wasn't intense, I can hold my shit for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I also uh, do a pre-workout poop before every workout. It's It's been a ritual of mine for many years now. I can't work out without pooping first. It's a psychological thing as well. And so I don't have these issues. Uh, I don't have issues with farting and pooping during the workout. So I, I don't have to worry about stuff like I have, that. I have really nothing to say about this. I, believe it or not, I'm not really a big farter. And um, usually I take a shit in the morning when I wake up. So it's not like I don't um, I don't um, have that problem, I guess. I don't know. Patrick Barnes wants to know, what is the best movie of all time? What is the worst and why? This is an actually extremely hard question. Very hard. I, I'm not even going to go with what's the worst because I have no fucking idea. There's so many bad movies. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, maybe you I, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a movie that, I, that it, it might be... The dumbest movie I've ever seen. It's been playing on Showtime a couple times. I told Amber about it. She thought I was making it up. But there's this movie on Showtime right now about a tire that is possessed by, like, some demon. And it just kind of rolls, rolls around through the desert, and it explodes people's heads. So, like, people will look at the tire, and the tire will start, like, vibrating. And next thing you know, the people's heads explode. That's, and it, that's it, one of a dangerous tire. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny, like... It, that's like the whole movie. Like uh, I actually made Amber watch this, and I said, "This is this is supposed to be funny, or is this supposed to be scary?" I'm like, "No, I really think it's supposed to be scary. It's like a horror movie, but it's it's the whole movie is a tire just rolling around." Tell me, let me answer a question, PJ. Did you actually watch this entire movie? What happened was, uh, it was one of my many nights that I don't sleep, which is like five or six nights a week, uh, and it was like three in the morning, four in the morning, and I had got into bed after doing the emails. She was already sleeping. And I was falling asleep, and that movie was on. And uh, I didn't wasn't reaching for the remote. I fall asleep with the TV on. Uh, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, is this? Am I dreaming, or am I watching a movie about a tire 
It's killing people. So I'm, I was telling Amber about it the next day. And she was like, are you making this up? I'm like, swear to God, I'm not making this up. But sure enough, the other night, the movie actually came on. And uh, I was like, oh my God, this is that tired movie. That, and I made her watch it. For, I mean, you know, it was awful. We didn't watch the whole thing. But, we, you know, I made her watch it for a little while. She, she loses interest fast anyway. Um, but uh, I, regardless, I made her watch it for a little while. I actually was laughing at it. But, um, yeah, it was probably the, the worst movie I've ever seen. Um. The best movie, now there's a lot of good movies, and this is also a hard one, but um, I know one movie that we both like a lot, I don't know if you would say it's your favorite movie, what, you were going to guess it? Um, I was going to say Braveheart. Braveheart, that's what I was going to say, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a, if I were going to throw an aim out, that would be the first one. Um, it's hard to pick the best movie of all time, because there's, there's completely different genres of movies, you could pick, you know, I mean, like something like Old School, it's a classic, you could watch that a thousand times. You know, because it's hilarious. And then something like Braveheart is just like an epic, incredible story. And they're completely different, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you, um... But, but the Fuhrer was in Braveheart. We love the Fuhrer. Oh, of course, the Fuhrer. Um, do you, um... Do you remember, um, the quote that he does? Like, my freedom thing? Uh, Can you remember I any of it? They may take, what is it they say? No, you got to start earlier than that. Fight uh, and you may die. Run. <laughs> you don't remember that? No, not right now. I don't remember. Wow, I don't remember the after the night, the night that we've had on the radio. Yeah, we've had a bad night. Um, I do remember. All, all, all I remember is, is anger and rage right now. They may take our lives, but they will never take. How does it, you could do your impression of, of the Fuhrer. <laughs> they may take our lives. But they will never take our freedom! <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good. I liked it. I won't even try to beat that. I enjoyed it. I love that. I love that movie. All right. That's good enough. Jessica Dunn. This is a good one. I liked her. I like her questions. Okay, good. So dating advice. Um, I always like dating advice, especially when it comes from a girl. Uh, guy gave me his number. This guy gave me his number. We've been texting ever since. Over the weekend, by the way, I do not believe that this is Chris Numchucks. Um, uh, very much into him. He seems interested in me, but he's a sarcastic SOB like me, which I love. But do I ask him out or should I wait for him to ask me out? I'm thinking I should wait, but I don't want to play games. I haven't got time to waste. He's in Jersey. I'm in New York. What do you think? That's Chris Numchuck. It's Numchuck. That is Numchuck? Yeah, he's in Jersey and he's a sarcastic fuck. Who else would it be? Oh, I didn't know he's in... I, I thought it wasn't her, him. I don't know. I don't know why I no, thought that. No, it's probably not He's in New he's, Jersey. He's, right. I, I think he's, he's oh, probably fucking, being a little bit lazy. What's that? I think he's being a little lazy, personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does she do? She just says, hey, are we going to hang out or what? Yeah, I agree. Are we gonna hang? If it's Chris, course, if it's, if it's Chris definitely. I, I, I don't know why I was thinking it wasn't, because obviously now it looks very obvious that it is. Um, and, yeah. who would, and of course she would ask us about Chris. Um, I say, yes, yes, absolutely. Be, do like PJ says, be, be casual about it. Cause he's, you know, and he's not, you know, definitely don't need to be formal with Chris. At, uh, no. or, yeah. Are we going to hang out and what? Just be like, I won two fucking shows in a row overall. Yeah. You don't want to fucking hang out with somebody that won two overalls. What the fuck is wrong with you? You can see my trophies and shit. Tell yeah. Me. Come over and polish my trophy. One of these days. <laughs> come and yeah. come and fill my, my, uh, cup. How many guys would be would be, would kill to polish that trophy? Yep. Um, <laughs> um, 
Okay. Let's see. What's next? Um, going down here. Next questions. Okay. What is our... This is kind of a bodybuilding uh, question. I'll do it since we don't have a whole lot on this list. What is your point of view on the rise of gurus? Do you think it's hard? Uh, do you think people are hard on George Farah or are his? Let's just go with it. Do you think of uh, the view of gurus, rise of gurus? Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go? You can go first. Well, PJ is kind of a guru in a way. I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. the word guru, I'm not really a fan of. There are gurus out there. I mean, it, guru to me is almost a um, a derogatory term. Because a guru just tells you what to do, and he has no idea why necessarily. I feel like that's like hocus pocus almost. You know, a guru, mm-hmm. a guru doesn't you know says this is what you should do, and, and you say okay, why do I need to do that? Say just listen to me, just do what I say, and it'll work. You know, um, and they don't know necessarily; they just tell you. I feel like a coach is somebody that helps to make you better. Somebody who's a prep coach is somebody who. So I have no problem with coaches. You know, um, so. What do I think of the rise of, of, of coaches and gurus? I think that it, it's a good thing because it definitely helps some people. Um, but I don't think it's necessary for everybody. Um, there are certainly people that can do it on their own um, and have done a it on small their own. small percentage of people. But everybody needs a coach. You, you, I mean, uh, Tiger Woods has a coach, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people that can do it. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, getting help to be the best that you can be. You want to, you agree, disagree? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of people out there that have the mental uh, confidence and stability in themselves, in my opinion, to do everything 100% on their own. You have to be beyond confident in your own skill set. Uh, putting that aside, I think that you, if you are going to do it on your own, you still need to have uh, an unbiased eye to help you out uh, and not be afraid to ask uh, you know, people for advice here and there just to, just to, you know, toss ideas around. I mean, I, I am a coach. Uh, I'm a very good coach. Uh, I don't really get offended by the word guru, but I don't tell people I'm a guru. I'm a coach. I'm a prep coach. Actually, somebody tweeted the other day, I noticed, uh, from somebody from Champion Nutrition tweeted, is PG Braun the hottest coach in fitness right now? His clients always win, which I thought was uh, very flattered by that, actually. Uh, and he is correct. I am the hottest coach fitness right now because I'm part <laughs> uh, my language. Uh, and if my listeners, uh, uh, my clients were listeners, I would probably lose clients. But uh, hopefully not too many of my clients listen to this show. Um, um, so, yes, I do think that they are very, very, very necessary. Wesley Anderson says, what's the best place to meet chicks, single fitness chicks outside of the gym? I, I know the answer uh, to this uh, one. I can tell you right now. <laughs> this is easy. You go first. It's bodybuilding shows, expos, bodybuilding shows. I don't know, like for Wesley Anderson. That's the, uh, that's the that is the that is the obvious answer. Yeah, that's the uh, obvious but, answer. But if you were if you were a coxman like I was, uh, uh, not the anymore. internet. The internet. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. I was you thinking have a them place, all uh, at your fingertips. I was thinking a place like a location, but I suppose yeah, Facebook. Um, is uh, is even better than any any uh, gym or any possible. But you know what? For you got for like Wesley Anderson. I don't know. Like I don't know if that if it would be the same. You know. I see these guys. Uh, I see these guys, PJ, that are on uh, Facebook and Twitter. They're like normal guys, 
that look like they maybe work out, but not like compete or anything like that. And they like mm-hmm. are constantly hitting up like professional famous or at least famous for us, uh, fitness figure bikini competitors. Like they'll be like a dude that you're like, this guy doesn't really look like he works out at all. He's like, uh, you know, has a regular job and he's like hitting up every single bikini competitor on Facebook. Yes. Don't you find that odd? Like, like these guys do like, I guess they're like, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Like, what do they think but, the I chances mean, are? I think they figure it's straight in numbers, you know, like one of these girls has got to go for it, you know? You know, Abby Burroughs closed her Facebook account because she had some guy like that that was, like, scaring her, you know? It was, I've had a few girls that have told me that they've had people, normal guys, or at least they seem normal, you know, if you look at them, they post on their fa- page all the time, they email them and stuff. I guess the, 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 the moral of the story is you probably banned those guys, blocked them. I wonder if it was the guy that sent uh, Amber that letter that scared her. I don't think I don't think the guy was that uh, that forward. I think that 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 guy is uh, went to a whole different level. Yeah, he he, he put in some effort. He definitely put in some effort. Yeah, you got to get you should write him back a for effort. <laughs> you know? um, all right. Uh, he, PJ, you see any people in the gym? Travis Glenn wants to know: Do you see any people in the gym? Let's say in California. I'm going to add to this. That load up the squat bar or leg press, but only do half reps. It pisses me off. Oh yeah, every gym you see that yeah. all around the world. Um, actually, more more people do that than do exercises the right way. Um, this is a, a little funny little meathead story that I'll tell you. Uh, since uh, we are not meatheads, but every now and then we, we do meathead things. Um, I was squatting uh, yesterday, actually, and I was getting really into it. I had some good tunes going, and there was these. Um, awesome power lifters on one side. Uh, and then on the other side, there were these crew of wannabe power lifters, which is fine. You have to start somewhere. Uh, but there were clearly wannabes. And uh, they were squatting, and they had their notebooks. And, like, it was retarded. Like, they're putting on 2.5s and 5s and going through, you know, they were obviously doing some kind of system of percentages. Um, now, none of them were breaking parallel on any of their squats, uh, which bothers me. But whatever. So um, I needed more 45s. These guys were hogging all the 45s. And I, you know, was moving up, and I wanted to, uh, they were taking forever in between their sets. So they had 45s that they were taking on and then taking off and putting, it was, it was ridiculous, right? So I go over, and I, I, I go, I take one of the 45s. And uh, the guy goes, we're still using that. And I go, well, you're not using it right now. I'll give it to you when my set is done. And the guy's like, well, we're using that 45. And I go, well, now you're not using this one. And then I put it on the car, and I put, I put my headphones back in, and the guy was just, like, staring at me, like, wow, this dude really just took our 45, even though we have a stack of them on the floor that we're not using. So I looked back at him, because it, it kind of irritated me that he was staring at me, and I go, and if you were doing it in the proper form, you probably wouldn't be able to use these anyway. you got to go down a lot deeper. And then I put my headphones back on, and then they didn't say anything anymore uh, after that, so... That was me being a little bit of a meathead. Are, yeah. are those guys usually uh, at the gym? I had never seen them before, no. I was going to say, you're really making friends over there. <laughs> the real, the, the, well, the, the real powerlifter guys who I have uh, befriended and have befriended me, um, they're all competitive powerlifters, and they're, they're strong guys. They, they train hard. Um, and uh, they like me because I uh, my squat is, is like a, a powerlifting-style squat. I squat super, super deep. Um, and my form is really good. So usually guys can tell when somebody's powerless before. It's kind of like a, a respect thing, you know? 
And so we've all kind of become friends. I like having them around on my leg day because at least you know they're smart enough to spot me. And um, those guys are awesome. They're real power movers, and I respect them. They respect me. And those guys would never do that. If they had all of the 45s on the floor, and I said, hey, can I use one of those for a second, they'd freaking put it on the bar for me. These guys were just a, a couple of idiots that, you know, must have read something in a magazine somewhere, a book or something, and figured let's be powerlifters for a little while. Um, well, don't beat anybody up, PJ. No fights. No fights. No, no, no beating anybody up. Yeah. No. You don't want to get kicked out of the gym. Um, Before, I, I told Amber, by the way, there's another meathead statement, that if I won the lottery, she said, what would you do if you won the lottery? And I told her that I would sit in a lawn chair with beer outside of World Gym in San Diego and tell each and every single person that walked in what I felt about them. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be interesting. Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too many too much nice stuff coming out either. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope people aren't listening to this. You're gonna everybody's gonna hate you over there. Good. I'm dieting. This is what happens when I diet. I get mean. <laughs> uh, Justin Davis wants to know about uh, Asta RX and explain it and stuff like that. Uh, Robert DiMaggio is the owner of um, Iron Mag Labs, and he will be on the show very soon to explain that in detail. It's a very exciting product. Both me and PJ have started taking it. It's a SARM. So it, it effectively allows you to gain muscle and lose body fat without altering your hormones. Um, and it's, it's really good for recomposition, uh, changing, uh, gaining muscle while losing body fat. It's not super duper dramatic uh, like Super DMZ or Methadrol Extreme, but it does make some pretty substantial gains without affecting your uh, natural testosterone levels or anything else. Um, but... Uh, I'm going to leave that really to Robert to explain because uh, that's really why he's going to come on to talk about that and uh, shoot the shit with us either next week or the week after. Um, next um, next one. We'll do uh, one more and maybe we'll talk about something else. But um, let's see. Let's talk about how I'm supposed to be eating right now and not because we're doing this radio show. Everybody wants to hear more so so many fucking pros. You want to be a fucking pro? Is that the thing? I, I uh, was at the, the L.A. Grand Prix bodybuilding show this weekend, and this kid came up to me, and he was like, PJ. And I'm like, turn around and say, hey, what's up? He's like, hi, my name's so-and-so, you know, nice to meet you, whatever, blah, blah. And it's funny, because he, he didn't say anything about Iron Empire Radio. And he was like, oh, it's, you know, it's really nice to meet you. I just want to come over and say hi. I was like, very nice to meet you, too. And he goes, uh, so many fucking pros. <laughs> and then he started laughing. And I was like, oh, you're a fan of the radio show. And he was like, yeah, so many fucking pros, it's hilarious. And I was like, oh, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> and then he walked away. We both think it's funny that people uh, like so many fucking pros like that, but perhaps we have a lot of uh, East Coast-based listeners. Everybody loves Jersey Shore. That's what it is. Yeah. Or everybody hates Jersey Shore. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, do you know Amber has never seen Jersey Shore? You like, you watched a bunch of them. I, I have only watched, like, bits and pieces. I actually was following... Um, uh, what's her name? Snooky on uh, Twitter, and then I I've been getting tweets lately, and I've actually been seeing them, and I'm like, why am I following her? And I went and unfollowed her. Um, Snooky dated somebody that we both know. Yeah, Emilio, uh, Emilio, I love Emilio. him in his own way, my own way. Uh, Emilio, I love him in my own way. You want to talk about Jerry Montaneri for a minute? I love Jerry Montaneri. We can talk about Jerry Montaneri. Yeah, let's finish. No more questions. Jerry Montaneri time. Who is Jerry Montaneri? Jerry Montaneri is the owner of uh, Gold's Gym, New Haven. Montaneri Brothers, Gold's Gym, Super Gym, arguably the best gym in the country. Um, if not the best gym, it's one of the, definitely one of the. Right up there. Top, top, top five best gyms, you know, up there with Bev's and all the other great gyms. It's a really awesome, awesome gym. Very bodybuilder friendly. Uh, 
Yeah, very bodybuilder friendly. Um, and the guys, it's not just him. It's it's obviously Montanari brothers. So it's it's two other yep. brothers. But Jerry is the one that's at the front desk all the time when you walk in. And uh, and Jerry, when me and PJ do a lot of Jerry imitations because if you know Jerry, it's hard not to uh, uh, kind of like imitate him. And uh, basically, if you can think of like a um, how I think of Jerry's voice, I think of it like a 1920s gangster. You know, yeah. He's like, see, see. Put it right yeah, here. Yeah, the, the, the guy, like the villain, like the villains in the old nineteen twenties yeah, yeah. movies. I'll have to kill you. See? He, he truly does talk like that too. We're not even exaggerating it. Um, he doesn't say C, but yeah, other, other than that, no, he doesn't say C. <laughs> so, he, when, you know, when I used to go in there, he would always, he would always ask, like he would associate me with you. He's like, hey, tell Aaron, I, I tell Aaron, I love him. Tell him I miss him, <laughs> and, I, and I hope he comes back. He's a great kid, and tell him I'm thinking about him. He's welcome here anytime he wants. <laughs> He, he, so I was there one of the first times I was there, maybe it was, maybe it was a, maybe it was one of the, one of the first times. And he was asking me questions about, um, about me. So I was telling him stuff and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, uh, well, I'm originally from new Orleans. I was like, Oh, new Orleans. Oh, I love new Orleans. He's like bourbon street. I love bourbon street. And, um, uh, me and me and PJ were standing there and he told us a story about, um, how he knew when he got to bourbon street during Mardi Gras, that it was going to be a good day. <laughs> You want to tell the story? How it's going to be a good day? And he goes, he goes, so I wake up in the morning, and I step outside my door, and I look up on the patio up on me, and there's this girl up there. And this girl's on her knees, and there's this black guy standing in front of her. And this guy's dick, I mean, this thing was huge. He practically had to unravel this thing, P. And this girl's on her knees just sucking this guy's huge black cock. And I said to myself, Today is going to be a great day. <laughs> and I will always remember that story because it seems... I so, will never, ever forget that. Because, I, I mean, it was hilarious. And also, um, it, it, it kind of like, me and Peter looked at each other like, oh, that, that's an interesting way to know it's going to be a great day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's what makes it so funny is that, you know, it's like I woke up this morning and I, and I stepped outside and there was a $20 bill on the ground. I said to myself, wow. Today's going to be a great day. But no, exactly. not for Jerry Montaneri. For Jerry Montaneri, he's seeing a just monstrous, giant, uh, black snake of a penis uh, uh, dangling in front of him while a girl sucks it off. That was, that was his measure of a great day. How <laughs> um, wrong when your day starts like that? Yeah, so um, Emilio, if people don't remember, that is Snooki's ex-boyfriend. He's like a little, uh, he's Italian guy. He's Italian, right? Yeah, I think he's Italian. He might be Spanish. Um, he looks yeah. Um, anyway, so Emilio works for Jerry at the front desk. And you'll notice that Emilio is usually not doing very much. He just kind of sits back there and eats and like kind of like looks on. I don't know. It's kind of like, I, I mean, do you ever see him actually doing anything back there work-wise? Well, when Emilio was a little younger, he actually did some work. Okay. But what happened was he started dating Snooky and he got on a TV show. And people made a big deal, like, oh, you're on a TV show for dating Snooky. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he fancied himself a celebrity. And uh, he wanted to have his own, like, celebrity, like, you know, show, like Snooky. And, you know, he, you know, he, he got a little big for his britches. Uh, and, you know, it, the funny thing is, Jerry kind of supported it. So, so it's Jerry's fault, in a way. Because Jerry was like, Emilio's great. We're going to get a TV crew to follow him around. And, and uh, they were going to do some show about how, like, Snooky broke his heart or something like that. And, uh, you know, then, then he got very lazy, and, and he would actually go to the gym and just sit there and, and do nothing, pretty much, yes. 
And and so Jerry, uh, you, were you with me in the bathroom when he was telling me about he loves him in his own way, or was that just me by myself? I can't remember. No, I was there. I was there. I was so there. we walk into the bathroom, and uh, Jerry can't was in the bathroom as well, and he's like, he's like, you know, it's like I love Emilio. I love Emilio in my own way, but he doesn't do a lot now. He just kind of sits there and, and watches out, looks out of the gym, and I'll and I'll tell him, you know, Emilio, maybe you should answer the phone. And Emilio's going, oh yeah, okay. He doesn't do anything, but I love him. I mean, what can you do, PJ? I love him, Pete. <laughs> he, he wears his sunglasses inside the gym. You ever heard of that? I love him in my own way. Please. I love him. I love him in my own way. <laughs> yeah, that's that is uh, Jerry Montaneri. Uh, very, you know, we should have Jerry on the show. Actually, people would have a good. Jerry's time got good. Jerry's got great stories. We could get some good stories with Jerry if we could get some like uh, some stories like the Bourbon Street story out of him. That could be a well. Very Jerry, nice Jerry was a Jerry was a nightclub owner yeah, before he was. Right. Going, going to the gym, so he's got some great stories to go back to there, uh, and he's got some cool, very cool stories of uh, people that have been in the gym over the years. Um, Eddie Robinson, uh, Tom Platts, The Undertaker, like all kinds of crazy guys that were in there training and hanging out and stuff. Um, maybe, maybe um, not next week, but in the future we'll have to call him. I have his phone number now. I meant to call him about uh, about doing. I actually wanted to do access bodybuilding before, but maybe he'd be better suited to really uh, show his personality on this one. You know. Yeah, I'll go recruiting people for access bodybuilding. You bring them up here to Iron Pie Radio. <laughs> Especially people like Jerry, at least. Yeah, you have to sit and talk to Christina Voynich every week. What do you got? What do you got to bring other people on there for? Let me get some action. All right, you got it. You got it, buddy. Um, all right, you want to call that a day, sir? Because this has been this actually may, even though you guys will listen and you're going to be like, "Oh, it wasn't that long? It was like an hour and thirty minutes or something." In reality, mm-hmm. this is probably the longest we have um, ever actually sat down to do a radio show. I believe. Well, we we have been trying to complete the entire show from start to finish for over three hours now, um, and and for whatever reason, uh, things just didn't want to go our way tonight. But we seems stuck, to be we working okay out. now. Seems to be working okay Thank now. God. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, if it would have kept breaking off and like hanging up on you every ten minutes or whatever or less, we had one time where it was thirty-seven seconds. But if it, if we kept having it like that, I don't know if I could have kept going. I would have had to like take a break and finish tomorrow or something. Um, but we finished PJ, we made it through the end and, um, I'm, uh, I'm happy to say, uh, I won't be talking to you again until next week. <laughs> Just, kidding. Fantastic. Just kidding. Um, if you want to reach PJ Braun for personal training, uh, want to send him gay fan mail, whatever it may be, uh, Braun fit PJ Braun fitness at yahoo.com. Get him now the hottest trainer in the business. Or you can follow him at Braun Fitness, at, at sign Braun Fitness on Twitter. Myself, it's Jubaka at rxmuscle.com. Or follow me at sign Aaron Singerman. That is the end of Iron Empire Radio for the week. Oh, did it. <sighs> get some music. Go get the music now. Okay? Oh, should, do, do you still want um, cocaine? Since we, I mean, do you still want that as one of the songs? You know, I fucking forgot to press the end of... Okay.
Oh!